Hey everybody, welcome to Muggle with a Mic. Unfortunately, we don't have Phil this week because he's been very busy with some school and some other things, but as my co-host for today likes to call it, she's quote-unquote filling in for Phil. She's someone I've known for a little while. Uh, Everyone welcome my sister, my older sister, Jenny. Hi, Katie. Hi, Muggle with a Mic world. I'm filling in. Thank you. You were really proud of that word. I was. I keep saying it. My feelings are hurt. No, I'm just kidding. I'm filling in. Do you brush your teeth well or do you have a lot of fillings? (laughs) We could just go. How do you feel about that joke? We could just go on. That was pretty good, I must say. Oh my, yeah. This oh. is what we do. We just have to have a podcast so we can talk like just flossing around. Just don't say anymore. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so hey Jen. Hey Kat. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for filling in. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime Phil is unavailable, I'd be happy to villain (laughs) (laughs) anyway okay this is exciting for me because this is the first time i've ever had someone in the actual room with me to record right yeah the recording studio yeah which is my little music room yeah it's great this is great yeah so the setup i mean because since covid phil and i just have done all the remote um recordings right because that's the world we're living in yeah this is interesting to have someone in the room that i'm talking to Right here. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. we're family, so COVID, we can be... Oh, yeah, we're fine. We're in our bubble. Yeah. We're in our we're in the bubble, social bubble, so we're good. We still maintain our social distancing outside. We wear our masks. We do. But we're family, so we're in the same room. That's right. We're okay. Yeah. So, Jen. Cat. This week, I got to meet someone very special, all because of you. Yes, I'm your agent as well. <laughs> Who did we meet, Jen? We met Lisa Minkin. Lisa works with Kappa, Columbus Association for the Performing Arts. And I met Lisa about 10 or so years ago because I worked at a hospital in public relations marketing. And Lisa worked for our marketing agency. So she was assigned to physically be at our location um, throughout the week. So Lisa and I had an office near each other or by each other. So really got to know her then. Lisa's a great gal and I'm a Broadway lover. So I knew you were a Broadway lover as well. And even though it's not TV or film, there are some components that kind of blossom over into tv and film it's all about entertaining it is all about entertaining and acting it makes, it makes people happy it does i think everybody appreciates some form of entertainment whether mm-hmm. it be music or acting or something art related i think even if you aren't a musical person in terms of playing a musical instrument or being a singer we all can appreciate the talent that goes on with music. I mean, I don't play an instrument anymore, and I'm not a singer. I'm really great in my car. I love musicals. So are you saying you wouldn't be a member of the Phil Harmonic? <laughs> <laughs> Only when I need to be a substitute. 
<laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. One point for you. I think you're Thank ahead. You. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, if you think about it, athletes on a field are talent. Sure. Um, so just as you acknowledge when a wide receiver catches a really good catch, you got to acknowledge when someone's belting out a song on stage oh my. is talent. Well, I mean, for instance, just a little example here of how you know people just play music they sing and people just thinks it's so easy you know well they just sing a song and they just play an instrument i played your guitar mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago oh my goodness that's hard you yeah. know so i like have a whole new appreciation for guitar players because it's not as easy as it looks well and it's instrument by instrument because i've just started trying to learn it i play the ukulele and you think it's a stringed instrument. It'll transfer. No. Right. Because I've got these calluses on my hands that I thought, oh, I built some calluses up from the ukulele. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so now I'm like, my my hand is different. Because of that. Yeah. So you can imagine these guitar players who have been doing this for years and years and years and years. Jason Raz. I mean. We just said like he has no feeling. Yeah. Filling. Filling. <laughs> Here we go. You, you knew it was going to come back. <laughs> Anyway, so we were talking about musicals, and I thought we could tell the story of our waitress experience. Oh, that was fun. So the story starts out for my birthday. It was a major milestone birthday a few years ago. It's around Christmas time, and my birthday's coming up a month after Christmas. So my whole family gets me in the living room together. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) So I sit on the couch, and I hear whispers and movement I've been told to close my eyes and then next thing I know I think you guys told me to open my eyes you mom and Sarah were standing with your backs towards me and that sugar song starts sugar sugar butter flour sugar butter flour anyway so I knew immediately what it was but I was still confused why it was happening why are they singing this song from Waitress? Why do they all have the same shirts on? Are they making a cake? And as you say sugar, did you have sugar or Sarah? I had butter. Okay, so Sarah turns around with the word sugar on her shirt. Then Jen turns around with the word butter on her <laughs> shirt. And then mom turns around with the flour, correct? That is correct. And I'm like, okay, first of all, they taught mom choreography. <laughs> to turn around. Yes. And second of all... Why is this happening? Are they just, did they just make a performance for me? I love it, but is is that what's going on here? So long story short, they tell me that we're going to go see Waitress. Well, we sing it in the style of start spreading the news. We made up our own words to relay this exciting news to you. Well, and my first thought was, we're going to go see it in Columbus. Are they touring in Columbus? I didn't think they were touring in Columbus. That's right. And then... Threw you off a little bit. Yeah, because I was like, I was super duper excited then. And then You were feeling a little confused. (laughs) Yeah, so you start singing New York, New York. I think it was New York, New York. It changed the words. Okay. And it was basically a description of, we're going to New York to see Waitress. New York City. Yes. And then to top it all off... Jason Braz is going to be in it. Yes. And you guys were like, Katie, you didn't have a reaction. And it was, <laughs> I think this is what shock looks and feels like. 
Because I didn't know how to process it. No, it, well, it was coming out of left field, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, huh? I'm going, what? I'm going, what? Who? Yeah. Well, it was, it was like, okay, I believe you. You're taking me to waitress. Wait, you're taking me to waitress in New York? Wait, I have to get on an airplane? <laughs> I hate probably, airplanes. That was probably the first question, I think. So then you proceeded to tell me, yeah, we're flying. Yeah, we're going to stay in Times Square. And we're going to do all this stuff. We're only going <laughs> to yes. be there two days. Right. Correct. So then, why don't you tell the story about what happens once we get to the airport? I think we have to back it up maybe a day or two, because this was in second week of January, I'm thinking. Yeah. January 7th, 8th, 9th, something Mm -hmm. like that. And this huge blast of snow, snowmageddon, what were they? Bomb bomb cyclone. cyclone. (laughs) That was very good. Jinx. Um, bomb cyclone was forecasted for the whole kind of eastern side of the United Seaboard, States. Seaboard, yeah. So we kind of were concerned that our flight wasn't going to happen because of this bomb cyclone. So fast forward it to the day that we're leaving, and I don't think we had any concern that our flight was canceled. But I think on the way driving to the airport... There was some type of news that our flight was indeed canceled. To Chicago. Yes. So long story short, we got to the airport and we had to make a decision. You know, are we going to hop on this other flight, go to Chicago, go back to New York? If we don't get to Chicago in time, we might miss our connecting flight to New York. You know, all so many decisions. What's the weather going to be like? Should we just forget this thing? I mean, we like had to make a decision. Well, and... Mom and I, we were there with you. We were waiting to, for Sarah to get there. And we were not good at making decisions. And Mom and I don't like airports. And <laughs> <laughs> let's just say Jenny stepped up and you marched over to the ticket counter. <laughs> you took control and you were like, I'm getting us another flight. We're going to New York. Yeah, we're doing this thing. I don't care if we're flying to Texas first. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to New York. So you somehow figured it out because there was a flight, but it didn't have enough seats on it. There was a flight and I forget, there was a little bit of, I don't, I can't remember exactly. So the, the original plan was we were going to land in New York at like 5 p.m., I think. Something like that. Uh, that I cannot remember. I think it was early evening, but we actually landed in... We landed at LaGuardia. LaGuardia, okay. Yep. <clears throat> at like 11. At 11. At I took night. a picture with the clock behind us. At night. So we got there... We got to Chicago, we got the flight from Chicago to New York, and we landed, so we missed the whole bomb cyclone in effect, but once we got to New York, there was a ton of snow there. Cold, oh my gosh, so freezing. Mm-hmm. We are exhausted, because I remember we were so hungry, and I don't think we had time to eat in Chicago. If I remember, because it was that right. quick, we had we to get ran. our connecting flight. So mm-hmm. we didn't have time to eat. So we're starving. <clears throat> we land in New York at 11 p.m. <laughs> the whole bus ride to the hotel was fun. <laughs> um, it just was like, we are tired. We just want to get to the hotel. We're hungry. So we get to the hotel in Times Square. <laughs> we're hungry. We're starving. By this time, it's after midnight, 1230. So Katie and I venture out into Times Square (laughs) to get something to eat because we're just starving. (laughs) And there's like a Sparrow or there's a pizza place. (laughs) I forgot about this. (laughs) Down, just down the block. 
<laughs> okay, if anyone knows me, they know my love for pizza. And I know it's a Sparrow. <laughs> but I wanted pizza. And I wanted New York City pizza. <laughs> oh, the memories. The memories. I'm crying. Oh, so, it's fun. It's happy tears, y'all. It's happy tears. <laughs> so you know the confidence Jen had to get up to the ticket booth at the yeah. airport? <laughs> I had this confidence to get into the Sbarro and I went and I just grabbed the door and tried to swing it open and it was locked and I kept, I kept trying to open it. I was not going to allow it to refuse me pizza, you know? So next thing, the person cleaning up inside knocked on the window or something. And they gave us a look like, what the heck? We're closed. You know, we're like, we're hungry. Please. So we had to resort to the McDonald's in Times Square. But I will I will say for anybody who's ever been in New York, this had this was my third time. I've been to New York three times. Katie's twice, I believe. Anybody that's been to New York and especially Times Square knows how massive it is, knows how busy it is, how loud it is, all the people. I have never in either in my experience visiting New York or seeing it on TV, ever experienced anything like I experienced that night. Mm-mm. Katie's the only one that can agree with me because nobody else was there besides me and Katie. So we ended up going to the McDonald's. We flew all the way to New York City <laughs> to eat McDonald's. But when we walked out to go back to our hotel, it was like the apocalypse. It was the day after tomorrow. There was nobody oh. around. And all this snow was everywhere, and I think I maybe saw 10 people. If that. If that. I had never, it just was very eerie. It was cold, it was snowy, it was, I I don't have a word to explain it. Well, it was very, it was very like the world had just ended, because the lights were still on. Oh yeah, the Times Square, like all the, all the lights and the, you know, dazzle and all of the, New York yeah. was going on. Absolutely, yeah. But there was like no life. Yeah. Anywhere. Except in the McDonald's. <laughs> Except in the McDonald's. <clears throat> it was very strange. I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, it was a cool experience to have, to be in this huge city in the United States and to feel alone. Well, a place that has millions of people there on New Year's Eve, and now we're there, and it's just us and one person down the street and it was cold oh it was negative 10 at one point it was very cold that's the story of getting to new york and then we went and saw waitress with jason i loved it and it's an unforgettable experience yeah it was um i think we even have a picture of she's pointing even though we're not on video yes but but it's a picture what's cool about the picture though is that everybody is cold you can see everybody with their winter parkas on and their hoods up and gloves on and everybody was just freezing cold we're waiting to get into the side waitress and I'll, I'll share that on our instagram yeah it was um it was a really cool experience and it was with my mom and sisters and so that made it even more special and seeing our favorite singer perform on broadway was well in the three of us we share a thing with jason razen mom even lo- i mean because of us mom loves jason razen even knows all of his songs so it was a neat experience for us girls to go there and see him in an environment that I don't think you'll 
ever see him again in a Broadway musical. Oh, right. Yeah, it was, you know, we've seen him in concert before, but this was a different experience for not only us, but for him, you know, to be in a role like that. So it was really neat to be there to experience that and experience it in New York. Yep. All right, so that's our little Broadway story for today, but stay tuned and in just a little bit. Well, first of all, Jen. Jen. Kat. Thanks for filling in. Hey, you're welcome. I didn't mean to ask so many questions. I'll stop. (laughs) Okay, everyone, just so you know, an intro to the interview that's about to happen. Jen has a degree in communications, so she's a very good interviewer, and I'm learning along the way. So you will hear in this interview, she's very good at interviewing, but she thinks she's... (laughs) Overpowering. I'm just me. being the big sister, you know. And I'm being the baby sister and just Looking sitting out there for and her. enjoying Lisa's answers. Even though I'm filling in. <laughs> and on that note, we will fill into the future. Fill of the future? No? Okay. Anyway, here goes our interview with Lisa Mankin of Kappa, and we hope you enjoy. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Kat. Okay, there we are. All right. You guys are so official with your mics and everything. I know. This is the recording studio. Look at her with the piano in the background. I know. Check it out. (laughs) That was my... Do you guys have... Are you on like next door neighborhood? It's like a community website. It's so... Okay. I found it for free. I just paid for piano meetings in someone's house. Yeah. Neato. That is really nice. That looks like yeah, a great piece back there for, you know, what we're talking about. Totally. I wanted to welcome Lisa Minkin here to Muggle with a Mic. And Lisa works with Kappa. Can you tell us a little bit about Kappa, Lisa? Yeah, Kappa is the Columbus Association for the Performing Arts. It owns and operates several theaters in downtown Columbus, including the Ohio and Palace Theaters. Um and it presents and produces a plethora of art forms and also provides space for other um, organizations in the community to perform at our beautiful theaters. Awesome, I love the Ohio Theater. That was the first musical I ever went to was Wicked. And my sister got me tickets to see it for Christmas. And I think that was the first time I ever cried with a Christmas gift. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, what a great sister and what a great gift. So um, how many how many tours go through Columbus a year usually? So on the Broadway side of things, we'll have between, I would say, you know, six and maybe nine shows a season. We have six on our, we consider it kind of like main season. That's part of our subscriptions. And then we'll have two or three add-on shows each year. Neat. Yeah, I've been watching your Broadway Dish YouTube videos. I really enjoy them, especially the um, the interviews that you do with the castmates to see how well they know each other. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Broadway Dish, we started, gosh, I should know how many years ago, two or three years ago now, just to give, you know, Broadway and Columbus a voice. We aren't like necessarily other organizations in Columbus where we're locally producing, you know, stuff comes to us on a national level. So we wanted to show our passion for Broadway that way and have some fun and show people behind the scenes. So um, we do those co-star quiz and it's, and it's fun to see 
how well they know each other. We even did one, it was Finding Neverland with two of like the adorable little boys that played, you know, they, they alternate between parts, but like Peter Pan and the other darling children. And then the dog, which was personally my favorite because I'm also a huge <laughs> animal lover. So that was a fun one. Lisa, talk a little bit about your love of Broadway and how that has helped you in your career there at Kappa. A little bit about your history, perhaps with theater and and Broadway and how you walked into your role there at Kappa. Sure. So it started back for me in grade school. My mom had me audition for a part in Annie in a local community theater program. I think I was in fourth grade and I got the part of like an extra orphan. And I was like hooked after that. <laughs> I wanted to do, you know, all the shows and I wanted all the musical theater CDs at the time of all the cast albums. And I was very specific about which version I wanted. Usually it was the original Broadway cast. Through All through high school, I was in show choir and did musicals. And I even started a program for children called the Marysville Summer Theater Workshop when I was in high school that's still actually going on today. If COVID hadn't happened, this summer would have been its 25th anniversary. Um, So I'm very proud of that. It's a program that high school kids are the administrators of. They run everything from marketing to directing to, you know, producing all the finances. And then kids in like late elementary school are the participants. And it's so fun to go back and see how much they enjoy that, you know, building our future theater lovers. Sure. So after that, I graduated and went to Otterbein and I actually originally wanted to be a musical theater major, but I got rejected from the program. (laughs) So I felt a little lost and it ended up probably being one of the best things to ever happen to me. I was a communication major and kind of put theater behind me at that point. I No one ever really told me that there was an administrative side to theater, even sure. though I guess I'd sort of already done my done that with the high school program, but I didn't realize that was like a professional career path. So I was working at an advertising agency right out after college, and they had a pro bono client, Opera Columbus, and they knew that I loved the performing arts. So I helped with that account and then ended up working at Opera Columbus. And then I worked at another advertising agency and found out Kappa was looking for a marketing manager. And I jumped at the opportunity and my boss at the time was super supportive. And I guess the rest is history. That's great. Because I know, Lisa, you love Broadway and musicals. And so you are right. Talk a little bit about the difference you see on that administrative side versus being out in the limelight in terms of being the actor. Talk a little bit about what you see on that side and what you've what you've come to love in that role. Well, I think um, what's most fun for me is the creativity it lends itself to. How are you going to share information about a show that maybe doesn't have the name recognition that Wicked does? And sure. the opportunity it allows you to work with like community partners in Columbus for Come From Away that's gonna be part of our um, upcoming season whenever that may happen again. There's, they actually talk about um, a bonobo that's going to the Columbus Zoo that was on one of the planes and that bonobo still at the Columbus Zoo. So we're gonna do some fun promotions around that. Um, nice. It's just, it's fun to come up with different ways to kind of share the stories and get people interested in shows they might not have heard of before. 
you talked about COVID. How have things changed for you all during this? Obviously, you're not having shows and whatnot. So what are you working on and, and you know, what are you doing during this time? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge change. Um, if you would have asked me a year ago, if anything could impact the performing arts, I would have said no. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's just so much of like the threat of our community. So I'm working from home every now and then I go into the office to grab something and water my plants. Um, but you know, a a lot of it is, um, I'm doing, you know, social media and just staying in front of our audience and communicating with them and, you know, navigating what our next season's going to look like as we try and, you know, figure out what the state regulations are. Sure. And then, you know, that's, it's a whole wheel that has to go into place to have theater again with shows, having time to rehearse again, having enough right. markets open up so you can have a tour. Because even if, let's say, Ohio opens up and we're the only state, it's not profitable for a show just to sadly just come to us. You know, they need so many stops on their tour. And then unions, too, and protecting actors and employees and there's a lot that goes into it. Oh, I can imagine. I, I think too, I mean, I've heard a lot of people's just saying, I just miss going to something live. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss, you know, the human connection. Yeah. Just getting away from it for a little bit. And I'm, I'm sure you're all missing everybody coming into the theater and taking a part of that. So I, I can totally those thoughts. I really, I mean, I've missed it all along, but I, I don't know if you've heard of this little show called Hamilton. And it was on what? Disney Plus. Perhaps. Tell maybe. me about it. <laughs> I mean, it's not very, not very well known, but what really got to me, which seems kind of silly, is there was the intermission and you heard all like the theater intermission noises. And it's oh, like, gosh, yeah. I miss that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's part of that normalcy that everybody is just missing. And you like you said, that just that theater sound and the things that we took for granted that you miss. And all the experiences that go up to the point of actually going to the theater, because usually you're going with someone or you have a group of your theater friends and you meet for dinner or cocktails before. Oh, sure. And enjoy that socialization. And then you walk out together talking about the show. I, I miss all that energy too. And just all those experiences. Well, the last show I was at at the Ohio Theater was actually Peppa Pig. So my my four-year-old appreciates the menu of items that you offer. It was an excellent show. I mean, I think that that's a great opportunity for parents to expose their children to the theater at an early age and for them to see um, the, the magical part of that, you know, the beautiful theater, which is just breathtaking. Um, and just being there and sitting and being quiet and watching the shows. So, um, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity as a parent to share that with my child. Yeah, I love that. And that's probably a memory that he'll have, you know, hopefully of going to the theater and a special experience that he had, you know, with you. And I love that starting them young to know the kind of those theater etiquettes and having building that appreciation. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I started out. Our little theater here, that's where I started playing my violin. And there's a thing about, I, I don't know if you have this as well, but you feel at home at the theater when you start there mm-hmm. as a kid. So that that's that going back to that sound of the intermission of the, you know, the orchestra tuning up. 
it takes you back in time and you feel like you're at home when you're in the theater. That's a great way to put it. I couldn't agree more. Let's go through our questions here. Okay. See, we just get started and then we go, we spiral <laughs> we into all these other talking. things. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, what is your favorite musical? My favorite musical is Jekyll and Hyde because it's the first show I ever saw in New York City on Broadway. I was on a high school oh, yeah. choir trip. I want to say it was like 1998. We saw it and we were obsessed and we waited outside and met the actors. And I can, I can just still remember that energy of being at the theater, what it felt like to sit there and to see a, you know, a real professional Broadway show. It's something I will never, ever forget. Oh, yeah. So many times have you been to New York, Lisa, to see shows? Um, I couldn't probably even tally it at this point. <laughs> um, That's a good I thing. I go a couple times a year for my job, which I'm really spoiled. That's one of the definite perks of there's an annual conference every year called the Spring Road Conference, where oh, theaters wow. like us who present touring Broadway shows go every May and, you know, have a conference, talk about, you know, different things and trends going on in the theater and marketing and whatnot. But also it's also right around Tony time. And a lot of the executives at these theaters are Tony voters. So you get a lot of insights about the shows oh, yeah. too, nice. because they're trying to educate people about the shows because not only do they want you to book them, but they would also like your Tony vote. So I've gotten to see amazing people speak like Lin-Manuel Miranda speak several times. Wow. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, goodness. Um, pretty much anyone that's a celebrity on Broadway at the time will come and say hello. But I especially love they have creative conversations where they bring in most of the creative team and they talk about, you know, just how the musical came into being or little subtle things that you'd not necessarily know the first couple of times mm -hmm. you saw the show about what the costumes mean or what the different points of the set mean. It's just really cool in this Broadway theater geeks dream come true. <laughs> Lisa, since you're in the role that you're in, talk, maybe you could talk a little bit about you've got the whole Broadway scene in New York City and how that Broadway tour how that compares, you know, you're there in Columbus promoting that people might not get the opportunity to go to New York City to see a Broadway show and how that gives them the opportunity to get that feeling. Could you talk a little bit about the differences there and maybe some of the things that you do to bring that Broadway magic to cities outside of New York? Yeah, I mean, I will say seeing shows on Broadway and seeing shows on the road, I don't think you're losing one bit of quality or one bit of of the magic. Uh, the producers of the shows realize that touring shows on the road are just as important as the shows in New York City. So a lot of time and effort are put into making sure they're of the highest quality. So sure. they get every bit of that Broadway magic. And then sometimes shows are finessed a little bit and before they go on the road. For example, Waitress actually launched its national tour in Cleveland and I got to go up to Cleveland and talk to the creative team, which was pretty cool oh, wow. being able to talk oh, to like Gorellis and Jesse Nelson, who was probably my favorite to talk to who um, wrote the book for the show. Right. Um, but when I was talking to Diane Paulus, the director, I was like, how, how is this different? And it's, it's just interesting. It, it was a subtle thing. So there's a scene in the show where Augie, 
says pie for everyone and then leaves. Well, she, it was important to her on the road that she put in that he actually like pays for it. So like in New York, he left and like no one paid for the pie, but in the tour, he makes sure he paid for the pie. <laughs> it, it is a little detail that makes all the difference. Yeah, so it, it's it's neat to hear some of those stories, but I think the quality that you're getting on the road is every bit as great and magical as that you get in New York City. Well, we saw Waitress in New York City, and it was amazing for us. We are huge Jason Mraz fans, and so he was Dr. Pometer. So when we found out, it was actually a surprise for Katie for her birthday, but it was amazing, you know, to see that there in person. And then we saw that it was, it was also coming to town close. So it was just neat to, to see that and to participate in that. One of the newer Broadway shows, you know, you like to see those as well. Yeah. Well, that's, I love the touring so much because that was a perk to see it in New York city. But the, the fact that they bring it across the country to those of us that can't go to New York city all the time, it's just, it's a blessing. Yeah, for sure. And it's so many people on the road is so many people's first experience with Broadway. And that's how, you know, the love and appreciation is built. And so many memories, even of Broadway actors, you hear their stories of, I went to, you know, this theater in the middle of Nebraska with my mom and it made me fall in love with the art form. And there they are on Broadway. And I love hearing stories like that. I think the whole component of that Broadway tour just makes it available for everybody to love and appreciate Broadway and brings it home to them so they can, you know, we all have memories of going to shows. That's a cat's and, reference, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The memories. I, I did that without even thinking about it. See, look at that. <laughs> what are some of your other favorite shows, Lisa, besides what you've mentioned? old school musical fan. I like tap dancing and jazz hands. Um, oh, yeah. So I love like 42nd Street mm-hmm. and Anything Goes. I love Annie, Get Your Gun. I love Annie because it's near and dear to my heart. Some people have the opposite reaction to that show. No, I love um, Annie too. I think it's just a child, a girl childhood kind of thing. Totally. And anything by Rogers and Hammerstein oh, sure. um, and some of the newer, newer stuff. I, a couple years ago, the musical something rotten um, oh, yes. came out. I saw that in New York. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Such a love letter to musical theater. I also, I loved waitress. I loved come from away. It had, it's such an incredible, beautiful story. And of course that little known show Hamilton's pretty good too. <laughs> It's got a couple good songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you had to if you had to pick a favorite song, like if if you got up on a Broadway karaoke and you could sing one song, what would it be? This is such a hard question. Um, I would probably have to go to something from Annie just because I think I could sing that album forward and backwards. I love the song NYC. Um, it's such a beautiful love letter to New York City. And um, I also love the the opening song, Maybe. It's so beautiful oh, and heartfelt. Yeah. And my little three-year-old niece is currently obsessed with it. So that makes it even more near and dear to my heart. Uh, yeah, I when I was a little girl, Lisa, that's when the Annie movie came out. 
and I had the Annie album. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember singing that around the house. And there's just there's just something magical about Annie. The songs stay with you for sure. Oh, I had a question about when they're traveling, when the musical yeah. um, is traveling. I mean, I see that they pack everything into a semi, but then you go in there and it looks like a New York City stage with all the props and nothing missing from how do they do that? Well, it's a little bit of Broadway magic. And like you said, they are packed into semis and some shows are like two to three semis and some shows are like 27, 28 semis. Wow. So touring, they basically bring almost the stage with them because if you think about it, every stage across the country is a different size. Mm. So they, when they're making the set for the road, they obviously make it to fit in, you know, the majority of the theaters. So they bring, if you look closely, if you haven't noticed before they have, it's called a deck. So they basically bring their own flooring, all the set pieces, a lot of the lighting, a lot of the sound system, some of the rigging, although a lot of the rigging, that's basically the stuff, the lights and different set pieces are hung. So they fly in and out and they travel with a team. They have, you know, someone that's in charge of kind of giving the directions of it goes in this way and it goes out this way. So, you know, after a few times out on the road, it's a really well oiled machine and it is pretty fascinating to see you know walking through the theater and they have stuff laid out over the seats in the house wow and then you come back uh, uh, you know a few hours later and magically you know <laughs> it's ready to go there's uh, yeah a whole set a whole town on your stage i when lion king was in town mm-hmm. um it was interesting to see i was able to go backstage and a lot of those um animal costumes that the actors wear are actually like hung up, oh my you know for storage space that pieces are hung because while there is a decent amount of backstage space you know it's not an infinite amount of space so it was kind of interesting to like walk back and you're like oh there's <laughs> an animal and there's some rock that's always neat to see the behind the sta- scenes they're using every like bit of space that's available they most definitely are so Lisa, talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously you all are promoting the musicals as they're coming to town. Once the musical's there and they're doing the setup, what all are you doing there at the theater um, during that process of them getting the show ready and, and, and making all that happen? So working in marketing, by the time the shows are in town, a lot of my job is already done. However, I do, um, this is, it's usually when I am working on my Broadway dish episodes, being able to interview actors when they're in town. And like Katie mentioned earlier, we have the co-star quiz or sometimes we'll do carpool karaoke, yeah, we which love we that. blatantly stole from James, James <laughs> Corden. I love that. Um, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. And sometimes I just have to pinch myself that I get to, you know, drive around singing these show tunes. <laughs> Although early in the week, if it's a newer show, I'm usually frantically trying to memorize <laughs> lyrics. And then sometimes it's taking, you know, helping our publicists take actors out on press or working on different promotions. Um, when Eddie George was in town for Chicago, he, you know, hit, hit a lot of media outlets, but we also took him to Children's Hospital to, mm. you know, greet some young fans whenever we can we like to try and 
give back or do something nice for the community. So talk a little bit about the Broadway dish. You mentioned that. And I mean, I, I love it. Where did the concept for that? I mean, did it just kind of happen? Did you something you thought of? Is it talk a little bit about that and where people can find that? It was an idea that I came up with and kind of bounced off a couple of coworkers. And I was like, do you think we can actually do this every week? You know, do a show with Broadway news and gossip and behind the scenes happening. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, it's kind of born from like, yeah, that'll be fun. I typically until, you know, COVID shot in my office and it was, we have a mix of episodes of, you know, news happening in New York, or even, you know, we like to promote other theater uh, happenings around Columbus as well. Our special episodes, the co-star quiz and carpool karaoke. We like to showcase partners when we can. I remember when we had an episode or when we um, had Little Mermaid in town, we headed out to the zoo. We have great relationships there, like I mentioned, and learned about some of the sea life, um, you know, correlating between the show and what you can see at the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. And when I'm in New York, I get to go to the broadway.com studios and shoot some uh, episodes there, sometimes getting to talk to cast members in New York or some of the editors at broadway.com about their insights on what shows are gonna be popular, what's gonna win an award. So I love being able to do that and share that with our audience. Um, We release episodes every Friday on Broadway and Columbus's Facebook page, on Kappa's YouTube page, and on Instagram through the IGTV. Lisa, if you ever need an assistant, I'm more than happy to help out. (laughs) (laughs) I will keep that in mind. I have had many offers. (laughs) We do lots of carpool karaoke, but I don't know if you want to hear ours, but... (laughs) We try to harmonize. We do. We tend to. try. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. That though. is when doing carpool karaoke, having the Broadway actors, because I can like sing melody. And then when like at the end and they start singing harmony, I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> I love it though, because I mean, exactly as a marketing person, it's a brilliant way to not only promote the musical, but to get people excited about it, you know, and let them see the characters and the cast members and let them see them having a little bit of fun. Humanize I, them. Yeah, humanize yeah. them. I just, I think it's a great way yeah, to for sure. bring maybe a whole new different audience to learn more about Broadway and to get excited about it. And I always am happy when afterwards they're like, this is the best interview I've ever done. I've never had so much fun because you think going from city to city, you get carted to TV station, to press outlet, to TV station. And it's like, tell me about the show. Tell me about your character. Why should people come see it? And while I ask some of those questions, you know, we talk about life, we talk about the show, but just since we're in a more casual setting, I think a lot more fun can be had. Absolutely. Normally, we talk about TV and film on this podcast, but of course, I took the opportunity when Jen said she knew a Broadway fan, so I was like, hey, Jen, send a message. But when it comes to TV and film, what would you say your favorite either film adaptation of a musical is or your favorite TV um, musical show? Well, I have an answer for both. Besides being a huge Broadway fan, I love Lucille Ball. So my favorite movie adaptation of a musical is MAME. 
it's one of those movies that I go to, you know, if you've kind of had the blues or feeling blah and you just want to feel better, you stick that in and it's like getting a hug. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely my favorite. And then my favorite kind of musical TV show was just this past season. I think Fosse Bearden oh, okay. was so good. I love seeing the kind of history of kind of the golden age of Broadway and I didn't realize how I knew that they had a relationship, but just how closely they worked together and how influential she was in his life and how maybe he wasn't the easiest person to work with or get along with. Cause you just hear Fosse, Fosse, Fosse and, you know, being able to see kind of inside the man is an interesting perspective. And it was produced and created by a lot of the creative team from Hamilton. Nice. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. inside scoop (laughs) (laughs) little known facts all right well lisa now we have we have a little game we'd like to play if that's okay with you okay okay (laughs) i've got (laughs) 10 different um they are basically summaries of musicals but from a secondhand (laughs) character so it's not the lead character it's from Someone backstage. (laughs) Like, oh no, I gotta go. I gotta go. (laughs) Okay. If it's a bunch of new musicals. I I will say it's not a bunch of new. No, you should be good. Okay. Okay. So here we go. A low-level commercial landowner lets his friends live in a converted loft space and then is forced to confront them about shirking their bills. I would say that is rent. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! I'll be there. Yay! You're fine. You're good. Okay. A seasoned opera singer complains about an increase in workplace safety violations and is replaced by a younger <laughs> rival with an influential vocal. That is Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> that is right, Lisa. You win a brand new car. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I love the, the part where they say they complain about an increase in workplace safety. I mean, that's the best description I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next one. A university headmistress tries to maintain order in her school despite the efforts of two mismatched roommates. I would say that's wicked. Yeah. See, you're doing great. (laughs) All right. An old man gives his favorite diner employee a large tip. That would be waitress. That would be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A woman who just wants to keep herself and find a man to quote-unquote nibble on her ear, winds up with an uncontrollable gaggle of little girls. That's Annie. (laughs) I was going to say, if you do not get that one, we need to have a talk, right? Okay. A single middle-aged woman travels to a Greek island for a wedding and winds up hoping to win the affections of her best friend's former lover. I'd say that is Mamma Mia. You are right. Yeah. Yay. Look at this. See, you're doing great. 
All right. An anvil salesman is tired of his rivals. I already know it from anvil salesman. There you go. <laughs> the music man. Yes. An anvil salesman, dot, dot, dot. All right. The music man. <laughs> um, a woman watches her boyfriend fall head over heels for an employee amidst massive overhauls at his company. Hmm. Is it how to succeed in business? No. Oh. I'll give you a clue. Okay. Um, footwear. Oh, kinky boots. There you yeah. go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. A okay. An average guy finds his life torn apart when his flapper wife is arrested for killing her lover. Chicago. Yeah. He had it coming. <laughs> no, that's, see, that is one I can he get only- started on singing. <laughs> he only had him. Here we go. <laughs> yes. And all that jazz. I know that you. Yeah. Oh, she's she's not going to stop. Yeah, I'm going to stop. Do, do all have the- done the same. <laughs> do the, do, what are all the inmates, Jen? Can you do oh, all the no, inmates? Oh, no, that's been a while. If you get me started, I could probably remember. Cicero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Pop, six, squish, uh-uh, Cicero, lip Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Chicago. It is a great one. I did too. I saw that on Broadway and Melanie Griffith was Roxy Hart. And we were like in the third row. Could she sing? Um, (laughs) Well, and you know, the funny thing is (laughs) Antonio was across the street in nine. So I, my understanding is now, you know, who am I? But that there was some maneuvering around to make sure that their theaters were in close proximity. Hmm. Um, yeah, we, we stayed around kind of afterwards, but she kind of ran right to Antonio. So we didn't get to see her very much. But Nine is another great musical. Oh, the yes. music is so good. We could just sing all day if yeah. we started. <laughs> Here's the final one. Okay. A traveling salesman gets a lot more than he bargained for over the course of a single day and one box social. One box social. Is it Oklahoma? Yes! (laughs) I was going to say, Katie and I could go, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) K-L-A-H-O-M-A. What is and that? What is your favorite outside of just a fun Broadway song to just sing? Outside of the ones you mentioned, what's just like a, one of those Broadway songs that just gets you moving and you get excited about? Oh man, that's an excellent question. There's so many though. I stumped her. Way to go, Jen! You did. <laughs> I always love a friend like me from Aladdin. Okay, yeah. That's a good one. Um, gosh, you did stump me with this. Oh, that song from Something Rotten, It's a Musical. Oh, yes. A musical. <laughs> <laughs> and I also love from that show, Right Hand Man, where Bee's trying to persuade her husband that she can go out and, you know, help out the family. It's a great one. 
I can help. I can be just as, I can contribute just as much as you can, dude. Exactly. I'm going to go get some meat. (laughs) And you know, you find too, when everybody's leaving the Broadway show, everybody's just got a little pep in their step. You know, you're ready. You're ready to just do a scene. I mean, I know that's how I usually feel. (laughs) Yeah. I love when I see a show and you walk out kind of humming one of the tunes, especially if it's a newer musical, because that makes me feel like, oh, this is really going to like get people excited. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. This has been so much fun. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We had a good time. So is there any contact information you'd like to add in case anyone wants to contact Kappa? Sure. I would say the best way to reach out is you can visit kappa.com and fill out, I think there's a contact us form or send us a message on the Broadway and Columbus Facebook page. Wonderful. And my resume will be in the mail. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, um, for joining us here on Muggle with a Mic. What the hell are musicals? It appears to be a play where the dialogue stops and the plot is conveyed through song. Through song? Yes. Wait, so an actor is saying his lines and then out of nowhere he just starts singing? Yes. Well, that is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard. You're doing a play, got something to say, so you sing it? It's absurd. Who on earth is going to sit there while an actor breaks into song? What possible thought could the audience think other than this is horribly wrong. Remarkably, they won't think that. Seriously? Why not? Because it's a musical, a musical, and nothing's as amazing as a musical with song and dance and sweet romance and happy endings happening by happenstance. Bright lights, stage fights, and a dazzling chorus. You want to be great, then you got to create a musical. I don't know. I find it hard to believe people would actually...